The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play Fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head on over to Sleeper.com SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit of up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And also make sure to download the SGPN app to your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Hi-de-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to episode 146 of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. All right, this episode is going to go out to baseball player Jock Peterson um, because he needs a little uh, support right now. Not only did you get slapped in the face, but then you had to uh, explain to the whole world that he got slapped in the face because of a fantasy football technicality. So uh, this goes out to him. He's obviously a true a degen, um, just like all the rest of us. Who would be talking to you right now? I would be the Welsh gangster, Jeff Fox, your host of this here podcast. Thank you for coming to the show. Um, coming off a weekend with no UFC, no Bellator, no PFL, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a, prof- a profitable weekend because my co-host gave you some winning picks, including a big plus 160 dog for the weekend action in in the other uh, smaller MMA leagues. So if you trailed him, tagged along, whatever you want to say, you made yourself some money still. So that's what this podcast is all about, that and nonsense that we get into. So let's bring in that there co-host of mine. He goes by same nickname every week kind of boring not like my ever-changing nicknames but he's gumby daniel gumby vreeland hello hey you usually start much more negative no matter what whether whether we had a good do week i that's not, not good yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe, we'll, usually... maybe we'll get more listeners if i'm if i'm more like this uh maybe i mean maybe uh there was just nothing to put a negative spin on uh because i'm usually really? the positive spin guy i gotta i gotta come in with the positive spin uh, but you didn't yep. you didn't even give me any anything I needed to positive up. Well, I guess yeah, there's plenty of negative out there, Dan, but I guess not uh in MMA. Maybe it's because I I'm not following BJPen.com. I don't get to see <laughs> garbage anymore to to rail against. Maybe that's maybe, maybe because Sherdog doesn't score any of these fights. <laughs> yes, right. Do they not? No, I guess I, they don't. I mean I'm not on Sherdog enough to know for sure, but I'm not looking yeah. at MMA decisions for their scorecards. That, that is true that is true yes it was a profitable weekend for dan and hopefully everybody else who who followed him um oh i did see um a headline dan hardy says patty pimblett's uh gonna be a future ufc champ or he c- can be a future ufc champ dan so i'm sure that warms your heart that's uh that's certainly a take <laughs> it is it is a take what do you think of his next matchup against jordan leave it alone you know, I, it's funny that that was actually one of the Jordan things Webb. I was gonna to bring up. Did you see the opening line on that bad boy? Yep. Yeah, it's it, it's no, I did not. It's so so. Patty right now is betting off. Last I checked, uh, at negative two forty in that matchup. Oh my goodness gracious! Really? Well, he's yes. not, he's not gonna out grapple this man, right? That's that's what I said. And and look, he's probably got a striking advantage, but like. I, I don't know. I, I'm willing to roll the dice on on Jordan Levitt, like plus two. You know, I, I didn't see his return line, but you got to imagine it's what plus two ten, plus two twenty, somewhere in that range. 
Um, I'm willing to roll the dice on his grappling ability at that cost. Yeah, no kidding. Um, can, can he piece up Pimblet on the feet though? Because Pimblet seems everyone he's fought seems to have been able to piece him up on the feet. So who knows? Maybe he's even got him there. I actually think that's why they gave him Jordan Levitt is it seems unlikely that Jordan Levitt will do that. Um, you know, Jordan Levitt's looked pretty piss poor on his feet. If, if you look at all the fights, um, you know, like not that uh, Matt Saywis is, you know, terrible, but Matt Saywis seemed to be getting him the best of him until it hit the mat. Same with Trey Ogden, uh, you know, Puelish beat the hell out of him on the feet and won that fight. So, uh, yeah, like I, I think that's why they picked him is because like they're like, oh, this is a guy who won't hit Patty hard and will want to grapple with him. Um, but I'm not sure that he isn't a better grappler than Patty Pimblet in at you know, plus 210 it's, or plus 220, somewhere in that range. It's at least close enough for me to want to find out. Yeah, I see him at plus 210, plus 205. Um, and this is going down July the 23rd, it looks like, on the London card, which will be Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall at the top. Also, Darren Taylor versus Jack Hermanson. So it's a home fight for Pimblet, but that probably doesn't really matter. He's lost in his home country before. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't count that in as being anything particular. Also, you know, I, I thought about this, too, is like he back in the day. And don't get me wrong. He's gotten better since then. He fought Julian Arosa. Um, I think that one was down at featherweight, to be fair. Um, he fought Julian Arosa, who I thought beat him. Uh, he wound up losing a decision, but I thought beat him. And I, I think it's worth noting, like, would you pick Julian Arosa in a fight against Jordan Levitt? Um. Probably, I think. Maybe. May, may, yeah, but like. Maybe. Yes. Okay, so so it's it's you know like right there, right? Like it's it's back and forth. You're not sure which one you would pick. So at the end of the day, like and granted, like I said, that was a while ago, and and maybe Patty's got better, but like it's at least like a nice analog to put in there and be like, why wouldn't you bet the guy at plus two twenty? MMA math, Dan. You're playing some MMA math again, are you? I am, but like this one makes sense, right? Like. <laughs> See, we're giving you big dogs, what, two months out. So there you go. Get on that. Um, well, the, well, the number may even get better, actually. I bet you it gets, I bet you gets, I bet you gets better. Yeah, I, I bet yep. you the money on Patty comes in hard. Yeah, you would think so. Any other news that caught your fancy or tickled your fancy or got up in your craw or anything like <laughs> that, Dan? No, nothing actually important. I mean, Nick Diaz thinks he's getting a title shot. That's <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> oh, really? Well, if Connor can do it, he can do it too, right? Is that what he's thinking? I, I didn't see that. So, um, what? Uh, a middleweight title shot? No, Nick he thinks Diaz he's gonna, talking about Nick. Nick Diaz thinks he's fighting Kamara Usman next. Uh, he said, "I believe his exact rationale was, I'm not getting any younger. I'm 38. Come on now." <laughs> yeah that 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 would work that's worked for other people so hey maybe <laughs> maybe it'll happen can't wait to see that dan yeah i, I had a moment i had a moment where i was like that's the most ridiculous thing i saw i've ever seen i laughed at it for a while and then i was like wait a second <laughs> he he did get a title shot off of a loss before so wouldn't be the first time that <sighs> would happen i'm, so I'm looking for a I'm looking for a line for Costa Rockhold, but I don't see one. I, I'm hoping uh, um, we can get a good line on uh, Rockhold getting destroyed because that's what's going to happen. 
I think so too, but here's the thing. I, I'm not going to be a guy who jumps out and tries to find like a nice Paulo Costa line because as good as he's looked in fights, like my God, hasn't he also looked awful in fights sometimes too? You know what I mean? Like, and, and he's like tentative and weird yeah, like that. If he's like, drunk. Yeah. Would, would it shock you to see in a three round fight, especially Paulo Costa go out there and just like not throw any punches in two out of the three rounds, win the third or win the first and look great doing it. And then just forget to throw punches the rest of the time and lose 29, 28. Yeah. It depends how much wine you had the night before, I guess. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, we can continue to blame that if we want, but also he just fights very, <laughs> he just fights very odd. Like, he, his fighting style is as odd as his Twitter account. Um, and, like, th there's, I, I'm never going to yeah. feel good, especially after the Israel Adesanya fight, where he was, you know, just talking about how he was going to get after it and then just seemingly forgot to start. Um, like, I, I'm never going to feel good, like, laying money on that dude. Yeah, but all it takes is one shot, and Luke Rockhold will be night-night from anyone, from uh, people who who punch way less less hard than uh, Paulo Costa does. Uh, yeah, and again, I agree. Like, I'm, I wouldn't ever lay money on Luke Rockhold's chin and thinking he's great, but, like, at the same time, like, he is a crafty veteran. He has taken a ton of time off. Um, you know, like, you know, we're talking about people who have, you know, his chin is a wash. It's really easy to knock him out. Who's knocked him out, dude? Like, it's all people with punching power, right? Like, it's Jan Blankovic and Yoel Romero and Vitor Belfort. Like, yeah, he's been knocked out by those dudes. Like, those are dudes who hit hard. As does Paulo Costa if he decides to hit. So If, we'll he, see. if he decides to nope. hit. Big, big caveat. Yeah. Hopefully, um, there is... Um enough hesitation like Dan's having to to outright pick Costa that it will affect the line and, and we'll get a, a juicy line for it because he's one of my automatic fades is Luke Rockhold so we'll see that is a ways off because they keep putting that fight off his names I don't even think they have a date set on it now because it keeps getting pushed off so anyhow this is not a Luke Rockhold podcast is it I hope no it should never be <laughs> it should not be how about we get into Dan's winning plays from the weekend and we'll see what other mischief we get up to. But first, let me tell you about WinBet. Make sure you get down on the wins. Bet $50, win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three-plus leg. Build your own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. But don't do that because the NBA is dumb. So take uh, advantage of, I don't know, MLB, anything else. The match is coming, plus the match, capital T, capital M, is coming to the win, and you can bet it on WinBet. That will be, we we looked it up, and we figured out that is a golf a golf challenge, head-to-head -head thing, between yeah. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. There's so much to choose from, and the numbers, sorry, Brady Rodgers, minus 200, Allen Mahomes, plus 165. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 now on to sleeper sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players you probably already have a fantasy league on there all the sgpn guys do 
um, as well. It's a game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, the number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. Main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play the new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Dan, how were your Sleeper picks? I think you gave us some Atlanta Brave ones last episode. Oh, I can't remember which ones they were now. I think I only gave you was one Brave Matata. One. Well, then he, he, definitely was... had the, he definitely had the over in hits because he's been fired okay. lately. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't remember who else you have. But anyhow, do you have any fresh ones for us right now on this Sunday? Who's who's Sunday Night Baseball one? tonight? Do you know? Um, let me see. I will tell you in one second. Considering I'm the also the baseball editor at Sports Gambling Podcast, I should know these things, right? It is Phillies and Mets in New York. Phillies and Mets in New York. Um pitching oh is that Wheeler versus chris, chris bassett. bassett that's a fun one take the over on both of their strikeouts it's just going to be a boring right. strikeout filled day yep both men have a lot of cases here so there you go take the overs on on the strikeouts for the pitchers tonight over on sleeper um so here's what you do on your mobile phone join our listener group on sleeper at sleeper.com slash sgp and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to a hundred bucks that's right a joiner squad and get the hundred percent deposit match at sleeper.com slash sgp terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details oh yeah we didn't um i didn't ask you about the jock peterson thing i take it you you're well into uh all of that nonsense that's going on or you at least know about it and you saw his interview after the fact yeah i've actually enjoyed it kind of a lot because because <laughs> also like as a, a braves fan who who got to ride out the second half of the season with jock last year uh, yeah. He's a lot of fun. He is a hell of a character. So I'm sure he said ridiculously rude things in that group chat. Um, and yeah. then like the fantasy football thing is just a guise for uh, all of the rude things he actually said. Yeah, I keep forgetting who slapped him. Why is his name? Always... Tommy Pham. Right. Tommy Pham. Right. And then, yeah, um, Peterson's interview after explaining it all deadpan is, is fantastic. It was like almost five minutes of him explaining the intricacies of playing fantasy football. <laughs> yeah. And so it, ridiculous. It, and, and as we've heard since then uh, from Tommy Pham, like it had something to do with fantasy football, uh, but it had more to do with him, like insulting the Padres who Tommy Pham no longer even plays for, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Boy, he's defending the Padres honor. I guess someone has to. Who else do is going to defend the podcast? Yeah, I was going to say, no, do they? No, they don't. It's true. Um, no defending Dan's honor because he he, uh, he came through for all of you this weekend. That was a transition. I am an expert on here after 140 plus episodes. Um, all right. He gave you, what, six picks. One of the fights didn't happen. Have we heard why the Curatola versus Paiva at CFFC 109 for the vacant flyweight title didn't happen? It was last minute. We didn't. As of last night, we didn't hear why it got pulled, right? I, as of last night, had not found out why. Let me check. I it was supposed to be this. Friday. It was supposed to go down Friday. And what? They just said it wasn't happening? Yeah. I, I sent a message to somebody to see if they had a reason. Let's see if they've gotten back to me yet. They appear to have not. 
okay. uh, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I will tell you, I was pretty jacked up for it, too, because Curatolo, who had originally picked it like a pick em, I think we had him at pick odds when we, we recorded, um, yeah. he was up to being like plus 135 or plus 140. Um, the money came in hard on Piva, and I was like, sweet, uh, this is exciting. And then it didn't happen. Yeah, no, it was one four minus 140 when you picked him. You saying this swung the other way? It swung the other way, yeah. Wow. Uh, Curatolo was a dog by the time uh, the fight happened mm, or wow. would have happened. And what's what's your wild speculation on why it didn't happen, Dan? Start a horrible rumor. Uh, I mean, like, let, let's be honest, it's people traveling large distances to get to a regional fight promotion that likely yeah. has uh, less stringent um, COVID protocols. Like, I don't know, put two and two together, it's probably a COVID thing. Okay. Usually, yeah. Usually that is the proper guess. So that did not go down. Um, Cage Warriors 138, Dan's picks there did go down. Um, we should jump into that because um, did you watch your fights, Dan, that you had these picks on? I did. The only one I, I just caught replays of was the one I lost, believe it or not. I like turned it off because uh, I oh, had dear. a couple of other things to do. Problem. You came back it. and they had lost uh and but then i watched the other ones and it was easier to watch the other ones because they all ended in less than four minutes (laughs) yes the main event dan hit a plus 160 dog on it as um aliu beat webb he finished him too did you not yeah with with big wild less than four minutes you said so yes yeah big wild punches it only took him a minute and 40 something seconds um it was it was a real fun one too. I will say this, you know, and I, I think I mentioned before we when we were breaking down this fight that like Webb wants to grapple. Aliu is big and muscly, and as long as he doesn't gas out, he should be fine. He was on a pace where he was going to gas out. <laughs> he was he was throwing yeah, some muscly of, guys do right usually. Yeah, well, and and that and he was throwing. <laughs> I you know like, put put that like stereotype to bed if you want and like ignore what Joe Rogan says about that, but. The dude was throwing some of the widest, wildest punches with his chin up in the air. And I was like, what is he what is he doing in there? And then he landed the big punch that ended the night. So I was like, OK, well, I guess this is exactly what I signed up to bet on, you know, is Leon Aliu uh, throw wild punches uh, and hoping he doesn't gas out. And he did all that. He didn't gas out. Wound up winning. Now he is 10 and 1. What do you think is next for him? Is he... Has he had a title shot before? Or is he going to be in title contention at middleweight now or what? So I, I think because he's 10 and one, uh, he's going to be right around there. So this is actually his first fight ever in cage warriors. So I don't know if they'll right. jump him all the way up to the champ. Although James Webb being a guy uh, who's been at the very top of the division, like I, I guess it warrants that, right? Like he, he was the middleweight champ for a little while. So who knows? Maybe they do give him a middleweight title fight. Um, is it Fre- Frederick? Or no, Frederick lost it to Bonner. Um, so I think it's Matthew Bonner is the the champ there now, if I'm remembering correctly. So, um, no, I'm missing a title change again. There's been more changes. I'll try to know, remember. Some guy has the belt. Some guy has the belt. Anyway, he wouldn't be a bad one, but the problem is he just looks so sloppy to me. I I don't think I I'd, I'd want to see him fight for the belt yet. Like give him another another title challenger type fight. Any uh, um any upside for this for this man? Any UFC potential for this guy? 
I mean, he's a middleweight who swings it and bangs it. Like, I, I mean, like, it's not yeah. middleweight's not the best division in the UFC. So, sure, why not? But, like, no, he looks, uh, I, I wouldn't sign him now. He looks sloppy as hell. And he, he left his chin Six up in the air for most of the fight. So everything's a finish. Yeah, and he left his oh, chin perfect. up in the air. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what you want. Yeah, slang and bang, dude. Uh, he's only what? He's not oh, actually, he's born in 89, so he's 32. So, yeah. Okay, almost 33, so never mind, never mind. Um, all right, so you hit that one. Why do you think the line was so off? As it well, I think, he, I, I think ultimately he's a worse martial artist than James Webb. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, J- James Webb. doesn't usually, though. Yeah, James Webb's got a good sub game. He's, like, more technically sound on the feet, which I also think I maybe misrepresented on Wednesday. I thought uh, Aliyu was going to be a little bit crisper on the feet, and he was not crisp at all he was just more powerful on the feet um but yeah it was like power versus everything else um and as you know it sometimes in middleweight or any division bigger than middleweight power beats everything else yep cheat codes as they like to talk about on heavy hands athleticism power stuff like that can uh, doesn't matter if you're good or not if you're more powerful and or more athletic that gets the job done a lot of times so Luke, here's another great transition. Luke Shanks got the job done, right? In the co main event, submission, rear naked choke. Dan had that, he, that one too. In he a did. Middleweight bout. Uh, or a bantamweight bout. Bantamweight bout. Uh, yeah, bantamweight. Yes. Luke, Luke Shanks yeah, at middleweight. Would you be, were a little. Yeah, Luke Shanks yes, at middleweight would be, would be wild because he's, uh, he, he's a guy. He you're concerned down as it was. Yeah, and, and he's fought down at flyweight, so like going up to bantamweight, already a big step. Middleweight would be huge. Um, but like he looked as good as I thought he was gonna look. Um, he just absolutely swarmed. Uh, his opponent looked great. Uh, as I've said before, he lost to Jake Hadley, and we kind of all wrote him off as a prospect. But this is a guy who probably will wind up in the UFC one day. Ah, oh, that's what I was gonna ask. Good, good. You think he's um, he's normally a flyweight? Do you think that would probably be his his uh? Weight class of choice, or did he look good at Bantamweight? I mean, he looked good at Bantamweight. I, like, I don't think the opponent he beat was particularly, like, you know, Josh Reed's good, but, like, kind of more of a one-dimensional dude. So I'm, I'm not sure necessarily that, like, that's the best weight class for him. Um, but, you know, like, yeah. he had lost one to Sam Creasy and Jake Hadley down to division, so now he's trying out moving up, and who knows? Maybe it is going to be better for him. I think maybe the jury's still out until we see him... Uh, fight a couple more band weights that I think are a little bit more high level. And then Dan whiffed on the next one, which was a pick em fight. Um, so no shame in whiffing on that. Tom Mearns beat Orlando Wilson Prins via unanimous decision. Thoughts on this one? That was, this uh, was at featherweight. Yeah. I just said the raw athletic guy beats the, uh, the Wiley veteran who like actually knows how to put everything together. Um, and it didn't work that way. Uh, this was one of the yeah. rare instances where that raw athleticism needs to iron itself out a little more. There you go. How's that for uh, concise analysis? And then it wasn't the that first fight that you picked. <laughs> no, <laughs> old man Elliot beat our man Herkus. Herkus Lukosionis at uh, welterweight submission, rear naked choke. Dan had this one at, at minus two twenty. The Welsh gangster, aka Evil Elliot, came through. Yeah, and he, I said he's just going to overwhelm him with grappling, and that's exactly what he yep. did. He was he was all over him from start to finish. Uh, Luka Yunus being an older kickboxer, you know, I didn't think he could hold up with the grappling of a guy who grapples all the time, and uh, he couldn't. So, yeah, easy one there. 
even after naming an episode after Hercus, he he uh, did not come through for us. So that's okay. Dan didn't pick him, so um, there's always that. So uh, how was the event? Was it a good event to watch or bleh? I think it was pretty good. You know, like any time I watch uh, Cage Warriors event, I'm, I'm usually looking for a couple of like big finishes or like impressive finishes and guys who I think are going to be future UFC guys. You know, Oban Elliott wouldn't surprise me if he wound up in the UFC one day. Luke Shanks, I kind of expect to be. So it was kind of a low barrier of of people who I think are going to move on to the next level. But at the same time, I got all those finishes. So, you know, so, so Cage Warriors event. And a three and one, um, three and one night for Dan. So you can't complain about that. You also can't complain about Athletic Greens or my segues today. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG1? You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free, capital F-R-E-E-E, F-R-E-E-E, yeah, I spelled that right, a one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And when you're online, go into athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Make sure you're using IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use ISP VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. That would be your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. It's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right. Did you watch the KSW event that went down uh, yesterday as well? I watched the main event. When I when I found out Pooj was walking out, I made sure I tuned in. <laughs> Yes, I saw highlights of the main event. So you you don't have uh, the horrible arm injury on your phone? Like you like to keep injuries on your I, phone? Dan? I don't. I have a horrible leg injury from, from uh, was it was it early on Cage Titans had a le- horrible leg injury? Um, oh, I, got one of, I got one of those that a friend sent me. <laughs> oh, fantastic, fantastic. All right. Dan whiffed in the main event. Um, Marius Pusinowski did not whiff on that uppercut. He landed on uh, Mikhail Mater- Materla. So I guess size does matter, Dan. Uh, he was what? I think he was only 38 pounds heavier at the weigh-ins. Um, I said only because based on the last weigh-ins, he would have been 74 pounds heavier. But Pudzilla really uh, came through there. Yeah, With it's a, a uppercut knockout. 147 to the first round. Go ahead. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Again, like this is... This is the beauty of KSW is KSW is out there doing things like 
putting on ridiculous fights just for the sake of putting on ridiculous fights. I love it. But like, this is a middleweight versus a heavyweight. And I was like, in the heavyweight, you know, God bless Maurice Pujanowski because like that dude went from being a guy winning strongman competitions who we like largely laughed at. And when he moved to MMA, we were like, oh, they're just going to put him in a bunch of freak show fights. And now his, his arc has come full. He's gone from freak show fights against guys like Bob Sapp, legitimately competitive fights in the middle. And now he's made it all the way back into freak show fights, but like weirdly competitive ones, right? Like, cause this is yeah. him as a massive like literally one strongest man competitions. He's like one of the strongest men on earth and they're putting him in fights with middleweights. Uh, but like middleweights who we largely think are faster than him and have a chance to knock him out. Um, so like, that was fun. It, it would be like putting, you know, for no people who don't follow KSW, it'd be like putting, you know, whatever freaky, large, strong heavyweight you've got on hand up against like, you know, their version of of Robert Whitaker, right? Because that's where Maturla is right now. He's right behind Kalidov in in the middleweight division, right? And it looks like now Pujanowski's gonna fight Kalidov too. So they're gonna give him another another middleweight Whoa. after all. Yeah, another middleweight after all is said and done. So like you got to appreciate that. But also, I'll just say, what a perfectly timed uppercut! It was gorgeous. No, no kidding. And he's not a spring chicken either. And he's he's still winning fights. So yeah, more power to that guy. Yeah, and, and you have to enjoy, too, that he's just, like, gonna be an old guy doing weird fights at this point in time. Like, he, you know, like he, he yeah. could give two shits if he's ever gonna fight for a title. He's, like, out there just making his MMA career simultaneously more and less legitimate. <laughs> yes, and KSW pays, for what I hear, they, they pay comparable to the UFC, so I'm sure he's making a very nice living um, doing this too. Uh, scary knockout though, because uh, Matilda was down for quite a while after that knockout, down and out. Yeah, he was uh, not not looking good, but I will say that's what happens when you're a middleweight who gets hit by a 265 strongman uh, with one of the more brutal yeah. uppercuts you've ever seen. Yeah, it takes you a while to get up. Yeah. <laughs> the only issue with KSW is the, the horrible advertising that fighters plaster all over their skin. Hey, they're getting paid though. I, I, they are getting paid, but oh, it's it's annoying. Yeah, it's, um, I, I showed my wife the highlight, and she was like, "Is that dude wearing a shirt?" And I was like, "Nah, that's his skin." <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's just on the back of him. When he turns around, you'll see. Yeah, very um, very strange though. Did you see any? Oh, you only saw that fight. You said so. You didn't see um, someone's arm get destroyed or Daniel Omelan Chuck lose or anything like that. So. I, I did, did just look up on my phone. Uh, the guy with the horrible leg break was in eternal MMA, uh, not cage warriors. So my mistake oh, yes. was on okay. eternal MMA, which if I'm not mistaken, is an Australian promotion. Okay. But we don't need to say that unless you're like Dan and you're into that stuff. Did you watch United? Did that uh, event come through where you had a couple guys from there on your podcast last week? Top turtle. I did in, in the prospect who I, well, I, I talked to both ends of the, the fight in question. So it's, it's easy to say, I talked yeah. to a guy who won, but, um, really hot prospect mm -hmm. out of Israel, uh, was fighting a guy who came off contender yep. series and had a close straightforward fight. And he not only won, he won in dominant fashion, took down, uh, Marius Cheskevich, uh, multiple times, wound up with an arm triangle choke, looked really, really dominant in his grappling, which is. He's like a really interesting prospect because I think he's only like 5'10", but 185 of like solid muscle. 
Um, and now six and zero, oh, uh, yeah. including a win in Bellator. So and and now one over a contender series vet who is ten and one. So uh, I think you'll probably see him knocking on the door of something like contender series pretty soon too. His name's Eli or yeah. Eli Eli Aronoff. Uh, for those of you looking, and it looks like Eli, but it's Eli Eli Aronoff. And he seems hell bent on making the UFC. Uh, in that interview you gave with him, that was the only goal of his. Yeah, That's he could he give two Bellator. shits about Bellator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I, I was hoping he went. I enjoyed, even though he was fighting Canadian, I enjoyed his interview more. So, good. Glad you won. Yeah, and he, glad he looked good doing it, too. Because sometimes you see those yep. Uber prospect ones, and if they have a back-and-forth fight, but neither guy looks all that great, it was good to see Ellie look uh, not just good, but, like, dominant. And his, like, judo clearly, like, his judo and his wrestling backgrounds clearly both play up in uh, – in the cage, uh, they they factor well. He like mixes in his striking and his grappling well together and uses those skills. So uh, good to see that that's uh, it. Probably gives him a pretty high ceiling. Yeah. So what do you think, uh, contender series, or is he probably gonna fight some more before that? So so he in the interview said that he did not want to jump right into contender series of the UFC right. after this one. He believes he needs more cage time, um, yeah. which is really good awareness. Like I I. It's weird. I've actually done a whole bunch of interviews lately with people who recognize that they need more cage time. Like um, when I interviewed Manol Firo and, and asked her, I was like, you know, do you feel like you're ready to get right in there and, and fight Valentina Shevchenko next? Uh, and this was right before she fought Jennifer Maya. She's like, nah, I want to put in some good time with Jennifer Maya. And then I want at least one more to make sure I can rack up the cage time. And Hey, there's some news too, that maybe we forgot to mention. Manolfi Rowe's got a fight coming up and it's like the perfect matchup to make sure she's ready for Valentina Shevchenko. She's fighting our favorite Caitlin Chukagian. Yeah. In Paris too. Right. Yes. So hopefully um, I don't like, I don't hate Caitlin Chukagian, but um, hoping Manolfi destroys her. Yeah, and I, I don't hate Kaylin Chokagian either. No, she seems I, I, very pleasant, but I just don't like yeah. watching her fight. Yeah, I've, I've done interviews with her, too. She's super nice. I actually think she's, like, a very technically strong fighter. The yeah. problem is, is just, like, first of all, she's already had her time up there, and it didn't go well, and I don't expect it to go well if she ever gets another shot. And you're right. Like, she, it, it never looks like she's in there finishing or trying to finish. I actually think her grappling is really strong. Like, if you put her in, like, a a uh, grappling match, like a sub only match or something like that. I think she would fare well. She's got like good leg lock entries and stuff like that. It, those skills just don't translate to the cage. Well, um, so like she, it always feels like she's like going for something that's not there and just kind of like being late, not, it, not lazy, lazy is the wrong word, but like being sloppy with it a little bit. Um, and so like, that's always kind of hard to watch. Um, but like she, she is very, you know, objectively a very great fighter. And also, like, I think it's just like the right kind of test for Manol Firo, right? Like somebody who is, you know, as technical of a striker as her uh, is a good test for her. Yep. Yep. Looking forward to that. That's the summer, right? Coming up. Uh, oh, yeah, I believe Paris, it's right. not until September. I think oh, the okay. Paris card is September yep. 3rd, if I'm Correct. not mistaken. So like Labor Day weekend then. Yes. All right. Cool. You know what? I just realized. I just remembered. I remembered a while ago, and then I forgot it, and then I remembered again. We let we've left everyone hanging for a month or so now. We never found out what was uh, clogging your kitchen drain, Dan. <laughs> Remember? Uh, yeah, it it was just uh, just wear and tear of a fifty year old house. Sadly, oh, it wasn't boring. it wasn't anything in particular. It was 
and I but I did take out over nine feet of piping in my uh in my out of my basement and had to replace Dan, it all. So Dan's bragging again. He, yeah, he's got nine feet of pipe that he took out. <laughs> in his basement, <laughs> quote unquote. Is that no man? That, is that a euphemism? Nine it feet is. of pipe. No, no manscape this week, but it's it's always a manscape podcast. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I my bet was it was going to be a uh, Spider-Man action figure, but I guess I I lost there. Too bad. Yeah, nothing exciting pulled out of there. Just uh, <laughs> just uh, just nine feet of pipe. That's yep. all. <laughs> but but there is a, a loose dinosaurs in your house right now. You told me before the podcast there went are, on yes. the air. So if you hear any screaming or or roaring, it's because there's dinosaurs trying to eat Daniel's children upstairs. There are in fact doing that. Yes, yes. right now. All right, so um, killing time because you know. We've uh well we've gone through all the topics, but no. We, oh no, we, we haven't gone through all the topics. I know, Ricky Ricky Tercios is about to fight again too. We already talked about that last uh, episode, dude. Oh, uh, we did. Did you yes. drop a dude because it was Ricky Tercios, or was that just a happy? No, I didn't. That was just normal. But yeah, he is <laughs> okay. the dude guy. Is he going to be on Top Turtle soon? I hope. Uh, I you know I, of all of the people who I've tried to get interviews with, Ricky Tercios is probably one of the ones I put the most effort into because I was like. Yeah. It seems like talking to him is just genuinely fun. Like, yeah. based on what I've seen on The Ultimate Fighter, which we haven't talked about this season, The Ultimate Fighter at all, probably because you're continuing to not watch. Um, but, like, all I saw from him on the last season, The Ultimate Fighter, was he just seems like a delightful human being to talk to. And, uh, I, yeah, like, he, I don't think he does very many interviews. I think he's kind no. of a candid guy when it comes to that. What if Turkios uh, talked to Kyler Phillips? How would that go? I, you see, here's the thing, though. I, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth here. Tercio <laughs> seems like he's more genuinely that way. And, like, there's, yep. there's almost, like, a level of, like, I don't want to say pompousness, but there's, like, a level of, like, braggadociousness in what Kyler Phillips is saying about his zenness. Whereas, like, Ricky doesn't ever claim to be zen. He just tells the story. Did, did, did you ever hear that story about him in a post-fight uh, or pre-fight interview where they asked him how like the weight cut was going or something like that. And he was like, man, yesterday I was sleeping. Yes. When I was sleeping, I was having a dream. And that dream was I was eating chicken wings. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, So his like seems more authentic. Whereas uh, Kyler Phillips, it seems like he's talking about his fighting style when he's pretending to be Zen or, or actually being Zen. So uh, I don't think they would. I think they would actually clash pretty hard. Okay, I just thought there'd be a lot of dudes and there would be a lot of dudes. chill back vibes, a lot of bros. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, you brought up Ultimate Fighter. Is there anything worth speaking of that's happened so far in there? Is there any good prospects we should keep our eyes on? Any um, like like our man uh, Andre Petrosky types? Uh, I don't think so yet. So like I, I've seen a couple of fights. I the only in perfect heavyweight fashion too. Like the only heavyweight who's looked like a really great prospect so far is a light heavyweight fighter who snuck his way onto the show as a heavyweight. Um, Zach Palga usually fights two old five. He gets in there and looks like an absolute animal that nobody can stop so far. Um, and we'll probably drop right down to two old five and be a mediocre two old five or pretty soon. So, uh, that's kind of a weird one, uh, on the women's side, uh, they, they already needed a replacement fighter because one woman, uh, was about to miss weight by 30 pounds. What? Uh, which, yeah. So Chantel Coates 
so it's kind of a really for for spoiler alert for those of you who haven't watched Contender or uh, the Ultimate Fighter yet, but I'm gonna fill Jeff in on air. Um, she came into the house having just dealt with the flu, COVID, and a miscarriage back to back yes. to back. Um, and so like her body wasn't losing weight at all, and you can blame any of those three things. Uh, yeah. you know, probably some more than others. Uh, but like sh- they they picked her to fight, and she stepped on the scale, and she was like one fifty, um, yeah, or one fifty three or something like that. And then they're like, "Oh, well, let's see how much you lose overnight." And she was down to like one forty eight with like three days to go. And like the coaches were like, "We're not putting you through like a twenty three pound weight cut here. That's not gonna go well. Uh, let's just get an alternate on." And so they got the alternate, but like immediately showed her the door. Um, they like packed her stuff up and sent her on her way, uh, which is kind of weird because like, I feel like all the people they've ever kicked off the show for not making weight, uh, was only because they like actually stepped on the scale heavy and didn't make it. I don't think I ever remember somebody like just with like four days to go being like, well, ain't going to happen. So I guess I'll see you later. Um, and, uh, I kind of already knew it was coming too, because, on Twitter the other day, I saw a fight booking for Chantel Coates, and I was oh, like, "Oh, really? Oh, that's uh, that's weird." Because usually they don't do that during the show; they don't announce it because it like yeah. jeopardizes your ability to get a fight with the UFC. But I guess she's not concerned about that because the UFC is never going to give her that shot. Uh, that's crappy. Usually, I bad mouth people who miss weight, but um, I'm not going to in this case. Yeah, that sure. it, so. that that was the thing too. Is like everybody was super understanding, like. Uh, Mohammed Usman, uh, Kamaro's brother, uh, was like trying to comfort her and being like, you got to do what's right for yeah. you. And Juliana Pena is like, uh, unfortunately, really likable on the show, uh, which is kind of annoying. She's like, oh, that's super. Com- <laughs> yeah, she's super compassionate towards her fighters and like really nice and like has these little like game planning sessions with them and sh- where she gives them pep talks about how good they are. And like, it's a little bit cornball, which you can kind of expect from her. But at the same time, like, She's made herself like at least an iota of endearing, which is uh, not her usual MO. She's usually like nauseating. So she hasn't said anything nauseating yet. Well, that's positive. She's a champion. You realize that? I do. I, I, <laughs> it's crazy, right? I, I, I fucking unfortunately really do understand that. Although <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, and every like, like intro or like cut scene where they show both of the coaches, like they always make sure Nunez has got her title over her yes, shoulder. Yes, I noticed. Too. Yeah, yeah, I noticed photos of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really laying into that they're both champions, which is, I yeah. mean, I guess if you're going to sell their next fight, like, that's the best way to do it. Um, You know, to say that they're both champions, despite the fact that, like, one fights in a... Di- hey, there is a... Speaking of one fights in her own division, there's a there's a featherweight fight being booked. Uh, I think for, for August? Uh, August 20th, I think I saw. Yeah, that Danielle Wolf who got the contract yeah. on the Contender Series at 1-0, uh, being a... She's like a kickboxer um, and, like, didn't look all that good on Contender Series, but they're like, oh, we need featherweights. I'm like, do you need featherweights? Mm-hmm. Isn't that just where you put all your bantamweights who can't cut weight anymore? Um, but anyway, they put her up against the bantamweight who cu- can't cut weight anymore in Norma Dumont. <laughs> ah, perfect. And yeah. I'm sure it's the number one contender fight, right? I mean, like, can you honestly, like, like this is this is gonna sound so mean, but could you honestly put a one and zero kickboxer who like outpoints Norma Dumont anywhere near Amanda Nunes and have a commission clear it? Because I don't think a commission would even clear that, right? That's true. 
Amanda Nunes against somebody who's two and zero. Like I feel yeah. like that gets shut down. Yeah, just just give Holly Holm the next featherweight title shot. God, it does feel like that, doesn't it? She just <laughs> she just lost, but there is also no reason not to. The also, big, no, I, she did lose. I don't I don't think she lost that fight. <laughs> I will say I'm really glad that like, despite the fact that I think this Juliana Pena thing's kind of annoying and like Amanda Nunes is the better fighter. It is going to just chew up time in the Bantamweight division while we, like, actually figure out real contenders. And it's going to make people not want to do a featherweight fight for a while. Because, right, like, if, if Amanda Nunes goes out there and starches Juliana Pena, we're just getting part three in February, yeah. right? Or, or part three in November or part three, somewhere around there. And uh, then then Ketlin Vieta can fight somebody again. And who knows? Maybe they'll actually sign some featherweights or you know, somebody makes their run up the Bantamweight division at that point in time. And we, we get a little bit closer to actually having, uh, having some contenders. Or maybe if Nunes wins, then they will finally retire the featherweight championship and just put it to bed. I don't think they will like, uh, cause again, here's the thing. If they do and she goes and fights, like, I think they like just being able to have her belt available. Yeah, that's true. Because like, be champ. Well, yeah, and, like, imagine she beats Juliana Pena but also, like, breaks her orbital with the right hand, uh, which is totally within question, right? Like, I, I think a big right hand crushes Juliana Pena's orbital. She's out until next May. They're not just going to not fight Amanda Nunes for that amount of time, and you don't have a good bantamweight contender right now unless you're jacked up on Ketlin Vieta after that big win. So then you just do somebody at featherweight, right? Um, and and you keep Juliana Pena like in the holster for the trilogy fight. Cause also the other thing is you don't want to fuck up the trilogy fight, right? The trilogy fight sells tickets. So if she wins, I I think it's even less likely that she drops that because it gives her a chance to defend without messing up the trilogy. Yep. That's true. That's true. But this is a ways down uh, the road. We do have a UFC event coming up next weekend. Um, Dan got mad at me when I poo pooed it, uh, Volkov versus Rosenstrike. You're you're really jacked about Alexander Volkov versus Jairzinho Rosenstrike for some reason. It really depends on which Jairzinho Rosenstrike shows up, though, right? Like, because like if if the good yep. version of him shows up where he's like coming out to take your head off, he's really fun to watch, and Volkov could pick him apart. Um, but I also really like the co-main event. Um, right. Danny Danny Gay Mozar Evloev is like a really fun fight. Um, we're getting a Alonzo Menafield fight, which are always kind of crazy. Damon Jackson is fighting. Uh, Dan Argetta is is filling in on late replacement to fight him, uh, who is a guy coming off the ultimate fighter. I thought should have gotten a shot right away. They made him go win the LFA title first. He did that. Um, Jeff Molina is never boring. Aaron Blanchfield's in this fight. Uh, Joe yep. Selecki's here. Um, Carolina Kovalkiewicz coming off a five fight losing streak will be fighting. <laughs> Against Felice Herrig, so two uh, who we have not seen for a decade. It seems. Do you know who? Do you know who the last person Carolina Kovalkiewicz beat was? Uh, no. Um, Felice Herrig. It was oh, Felice Herrig. No. <laughs> well, we definitely need the. How long ago was that? Ah uh, man, it was at least it was five fights. So hang on, let me let me pull it up. Let me get the injury on. But she, the last person she beat was Felice Herrig by split decision in April of 2018. Boy, <laughs> we we need that rematch, Dan. Thank God it's happening finally four years later. It's the one I've been clamoring for since April 7th of 2018. Of course. So, yeah. So there you go. Dan's got you hyped for that um, fight card, of course. Um, And then after that, we got UC 275, who I will be making picks on UFC Fight Pass. I'm going on the UFC 
by the numbers gambling show um, to record a segment making with picks my boy with Yanni <laughs> with with our friend Yanni on it. So do you want to want to give me some picks quickly here that I can think over? I'm obviously the one that jumps out at me right now is Jack Della Madalena, who is almost in a pick I'm fighting against Ramazine M. Emiev, Emiev, excuse me. Hopefully I'll Amiev. mispronounce lots. Emiev, hopefully I'll mispronounce a lot on the show. He's about minus 120. I like that number. Am I wrong to like that number? No, I think you're right on like in that number too because Emiev is a guy who I think gets a lot of benefit from his last name sounding like a dangerous uh, <laughs> wrestler type, yep. right? And, and he largely just spams takedowns and doesn't do well with them. Like if you go back to his fight with Anthony Rocco Martin, who's no longer in the UFC, uh, for, for reasons that, that probably make quite a bit of sense. Um, but anyway, uh, Ramazan Amiyev went 0 of 9 trying to take him down. 0 of 9. Um, and, you know, he just lost a split decision to Danny Roberts. He went 2 of 7 taking Danny Roberts down. Like, I, I don't think his wrestling is good enough to hang with Jack Della. And, like, I have largely not been impressed with any other facet. Of the- Dude, he went 1 of 9 trying to take Sam Elvey down. Like, yeah, like I, I do really like uh, Jack Della in that fight. Here's another one I'll throw at you, too. Uh, I, yeah. I haven't looked at the line yet, but just looking at the fight card itself that I think is kind of a, a fun pick is I think Jacob Malkin has got a really good shot against Brendan Allen. Plus um, 190 for Malkin. Yeah, I, I think that's a sleeper sleeper pick right there because Malkin, uh, dude, he's an Abu Dhabi qualifier. I think people forget how good of a grappler he is. He lost that first fight to Phil Hawes by knockout in like 10 seconds. And since then is just dominated with his grappling for two straight fights and against two hyper athletic dudes in uh, Abdul Razak al who's a judo black belt and AJ Dobson, who's really tough in there too. So um, yeah, like I, I just think in general, he, he's got a good chance against Brendan Allen, who's you know, a, a good grappler in his own right. Like he's got like 10 submissions or something like that. And he's a, you know, black belt in jujitsu, which is, you know, very legit in his own way. But like, I, I don't know, like he, he couldn't continuously take Chris Curtis down, who I don't think of as being a wrestler and who has lost fights that way before. Um, you know, he couldn't take Sean Strickland down who, who kind of beat him up that way. I, I don't know that I'd put Melkin in those boats as far as their skills go, but I, you know, I do think he's a good grappler who could stuff them. So that that's kind of a sleeper pick right there. Yeah. Matthews is, he's not beaten anyone of note since um, the leech back in like four years ago. Like, he's no, no, been... you're, we're talking about different fights. I said, Brendan, oh. he's fighting. Brendan oh, I'm sorry. Allen. Yes, yes, yes. Brendan. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm thinking Jacob Matthews. Yes. I get who's also on this fight card too, today. right? Yes. 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 I'm getting the two confused. Yeah, Brendan Allen. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take that one into consideration. Maybe I'll, I'll sprinkle a little, a little bit of money on on that one. Matthews I... is fighting Fialho on like right. That's the top which one. Which is which is going to be one of those insanely short turnaround. I, I have to figure out how I feel about him fighting three times in in just a little bit over a month's time uh, before I or almost two months time for Fialho, right? Because he beat Baeza yeah. in the middle of April, then he beat that Cameron Van Camp. Both of those fights under a round. Now he's getting Jacob Matthews, which is a different animal than those first two. And I don't know about that one. That one's tough. Uh, Minus also, 150 for Fialo. He's a favorite in that, though, yeah. huh? So maybe I definitely just, yeah, I don't think. I don't think I, yeah, I think we pass on that one. 
That's that's a weird one. I do like um another one you could you could take a quick stab at, and we'll, well, I won't give away too much because we do have to actually break down this we fight do. card at some time. Um, down on the bottom of the card, Na Liang is fighting. It's her yep. second fight in the UFC. Um, and and she is a dog against uh yep. Silvana Gomez Juarez, which I think is a mistake. Um, like Na Liang, I, I don't know if you remember in her debut, she looked amazing out of the gate she looked so fucking good against ariane carnalosi who by yeah. the way ariane carnalosi you know like apart from the recent loss to lupita godinez um in in like unfortunately getting stopped by cuts against angela hill on short notice has looked amazing right and uh naviang beat the hell out of her in the first round and then just literally had no gas left in the second round Yep. Silvana Gomez Juarez is a girl who's just been fucking dominated in the grappling department. So like Nan Liang can probably hang there, right? Like she's been armbarred twice in her two UFC stints. Nan Liang might be the right person to do it again. And that's dog money there too. Yep. Very true. Um, title fights. I'll probably avoid. Um, Yuri's a pretty big favorite, like the minus 200 range, probably just avoid that one. Um, well, Shevchenko is a pretty safe pick, though, right? It's minus 600, but still. Uh, I actually think at, at minus 600, she's a terrible value. I, All right, I think, skip it. I think Talia Santos is, like, one of the better challengers she's had, right? Because Talia Santos stuffs takedowns, right, or and scores them herself. She's actually got a very similar style to, to Shevchenko in, like, what she wants to do. Maybe not how she does it, but what she wants to do which is like mixing enough takedowns to keep you guessing, hold you there, frustrate you, tire you out, beat the shit out of you on the feet. Um, and like, if she's just beating the shit out of you on the feet in the first place, she'll just hang there. But like, yeah, that's not, not bad. Um, I, I, I don't think I'd jump it at Shevchenko at negative 600. And I'm seeing her, some books have her negative 800. I will say yep. on your first point about Prohashka though, like if you're going to bet Prohashka, you might as well bet him by knockout. It's not like yeah. he's going five rounds with Glover. Glover's either subbing him or Glover's getting knocked out. Yeah, that's true. He's not going to submit Glover. So, yeah, Yuri versus VKO may be a good prop bet, even though I try to avoid props, but that one kind of jumps out at you. Yeah, under a round and a half is kind of a fun prop, too. Plus 117, I'm seeing. Oh, interesting. Well, that's um, we have a ways to uh, off before we give you official picks for that, but uh, Blood Diamond's on this uh card too i see he's not anymore that fight got pulled oh no the koske fight got pulled yeah he uh blood diamond pulled out they're not finding a replacement for uh for koske boo boo to that Um, the bummer yeah oh well manel cape is on it still so that's good minus 220 though um even though i think he's gonna beat bontarin no problem but still minus 220 is probably a little too steep for me well now you got stuff to think about though yep it's true it's true. All right. We've given you guys enough to think about on this non-UFC uh, recap show. So we'll, we'll be back on, how about Wednesday? We'll, we'll meet up with you people again. We'll talk about the Volkov versus Rosenstrike fight card. Um, in the meantime, Jeff Fox writer on Twitter. He's Gumby Vreeland. Read all our stuff at sportsgumbypodcast.com. Read my MMA stuff at moneymma.substack.com. Uh, no, you won't be able to listen to Dan's shows yet. Because it probably won't be out yet, but it's prelim primer and top turtle MMA podcast. Um, but I'll tell you about those. I'm sure Dan will plug uh, plug those plenty next uh, next show. Anything else we need to tell the people, Dan? No, nah, I think you got it all. I'm going to let you take us home this week. Go right ahead.
All right. I'm Theodore Gibby Freeland. He is Biggie Boy Jeff Fox. And we will catch you on Wednesday.